The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. You're listening to Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Empower yourself and get inspired to build the life of your dreams. Welcome to Everyday Peace with Dr. Drayvon James. Hello and welcome to our show. I'm Dr. Drayvon James and this is Everyday Peace. I am super excited to be here with you today as we explore the concept of living a life of peace every day. Peace defined as wholeness, completeness, nothing missing, nothing broken, totality. My goodness, if you are somewhere safe to close your eyes and just let that sink in, just meditate on that. You know, sometimes we can do these quick two-second meditations and we get so rejuvenated. We change the entire energy around us. So you, whole, complete, nothing missing, nothing broken, totality right now. Inhale that in, hold it for just a second and do a complete exhale through the mouth and just receive that because I want you to know that yes, everyday peace is possible. Yes, you deserve everyday peace and yes, you can have everyday peace. We work together on this show to bring you the topics and the guests to partner with you as you create your life of peace every day. And we have a wonderful show for you today. Uh, I want to tell you, first of all, that we are broadcasting today live from Montego Bay, Jamaica. It's beautiful here. We're having a little bit of a storm right now. So if we have some interruptions, please accept our apologies. We'll get right back with you. So, but right now we're going live and strong and I'm happy about that. I want to tell you that last week we had a wonderful show. It was incredible. If you missed this show, I highly encourage you to go back and listen to it. I'm going to tell you how you can do that. But we had the amazing Sarah Troy on to discuss her work on self-discovery. Now, you know that this journey called life becomes more and more pleasurable the more you understand you. You are the only person that you begin the journey with and you end the journey with. So self-discovery of you is important. We also had the amazing Mark Johnson, and Mark shared with us his spiritual spiritual journey over six decades in the making. So there, there were fascinating truths and universal discoveries that came through that conversation last week. So if you've missed the show, you can access our entire library of previous shows by visiting um, Dr. Drayvon James, a podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher. You can listen to the shows. Yes, you can listen to them on unityonlineradio.org. So you can go to that website and also access all of our shows there. Another great place to listen to our shows is on our website. I'm super excited. You guys have been hearing me talk about this website. I cannot take any of the credit for uh, developing the website, but it is fabulous. It is a new and improved drdravonjames.com website, and that's D-R for doctor. Drayvon is D-R-A, B as in victory, O-N, james.com. So visit that website. You'll see transcripts of the shows or past shows, words of wisdom and encouragement. You'll get excerpts from my book, 
freedom is your birthright. You also have contact information here. And I want to give a huge thank you for those guests, those listeners who have been uh, reaching out to me. Yes, you can connect with me there. Uh, people have reached out and asked for uh, keynote speakers and workshops that I do. So please, that's a great place to do that. For life coaching, you can connect there. Everything you want, you're going to find out about Everyday Peace and Dr. Drayvon James on this website. So I highly encourage you to visit and please continue to give me your comments and your feedbacks. We read each and every one of them and they are much appreciated. So absolutely love to get that. So if you haven't visited the website yet, please go to it because it changes frequently. So if you visited the old website, you have no idea how amazing the new one is. Again, it's Dr. Drayvon James. Uh, com. Please bookmark that site. You won't be disappointed. And I am super excited um, that we're going to be doing something a little different today. Not only are we broadcasting from a different location, we're in Montego Bay, the beautiful Montego Bay, Jamaica, but we're also going to be doing a bit of a different show format today. We have Dr. David Bradford and Dr. Carol Robin as our guests today on our show, and they are going to talk about their book, Connect building exceptional relationships with family, friends, and colleagues. And I'm super excited about this topic as it aligns perfectly with Everyday Peace. You guys know that we, we are about relationships, so it lines perfectly with, our, with our, our mission statement. And you know, we usually have two different guests, sometimes totally different topics and uh, two segments, but we are going to devote this entire time today to this very, very important um, conversation on connecting. And so it's going to be amazing. So I'm glad that you're here for that. And I'm going to tell you that this topic is so important, so near and dear to everyday peace, that if there is someone that you know who is struggling in building relationships, whether it be personal or business, romance, what have you, I'd like for you to take a quick moment and show them some love by texting them and asking them to connect to the show today. But before we get to our guests, we're gonna do what we always do. We're gonna have our everyday peace moment. Well, I hope everyone enjoyed this wonderful holiday weekend. We celebrated two fabulous things this weekend. Um, we had our Father's Day and I want to send warm wishes and thoughts to all the amazing fathers out there. We also um, celebrated as a nation for the very first time, Juneteenth. Uh, in, in, in my many years of living on the earth, it has been something that I have celebrated with my family. But to celebrate it as a nation really uh, was so impactful and so warm. We, um, I hope that everyone had great family and friends come together and celebrate in gratitude for what an amazing um, thing we can do when we come together. And during these times of gratitude and remembrance, we build community. That's what we do. We build community. We bound together by laughter and joy and friendship and common purpose. And that's the same thing we do here with Everyday Peace. That is the same thing that we do. We come together, we, we connect to learn and to grow as individuals and then to take that back to our families and our communities and our jobs. And we grow a nation of people. We are a tribe within ourselves, the Everyday Peacemakers, what I fondly call us. And then we take that out to the world at large. So I wanna spend this moment of gratitude to just extend and tell you all how grateful I am for the relationships that we're developing here as everyday peacemakers. And that is our everyday peace moment for today. Our special guests today are Carol and Carol Robin and David Bradford. Dr. Carol Robin and Dr. David Bradford have a combined 75 years of experience teaching at the Stanford Graduate School of Business, specializing in relationship building. Their book, 
is titled Connect, Building Exceptional Relationships with Family, Friends, and Colleagues. Welcome to the show, Carol and David. We're so happy to have you. Good to be Thanks here. So Looking forward to this. Oh, I'm, I, I got to tell you, when I came across your materials, it really lit my heart up because talking about forming these connections over differences is what we do. This is what makes the journey more, more pleasurable in my mind. So we're going to start off by just getting to know you all. Um, how did this topic become something that you have invested so much time in for teaching in a business uh, environment? How did this come about? Well, I will uh, first uh, answer. Um, I think I've always been interested in this. My uh, doctoral work is in interpersonal and group dynamics, and I got involved in this process of working in small groups and seeing what happens when people could be honest and authentic with each other in terms of what it did to them. And it, I found it so gratifying that it's how I wanted to uh, devote my life to. Wow. And, and, and Carol, how about you? Well, um, I have had six different careers, depending on how we count. Um, so David was at Stanford well before I was, and then I was lucky enough to kind of land there uh, fortuitously. But what all my careers had in common, the through line was that I was fascinated by relationships and people. And uh, like David, I found nothing more rewarding than helping people learn how to create deeper, fuller, richer relationships with each other. So the three of us share that in common. And Carol, I, I love, I'd love to hear more about six different careers because I love a person who expands and, and touches on all of their passions. But I have a doctorate degree in pharmacy. And of all those studies uh -huh. and everything, the course that really impacted me the most, that touched my yeah. heart, was interpersonal studies. And I should have known then that maybe I should have gone into something that was that. But I love the work that I've done in healthcare. But uh, that I love, I, I I love, love that. Uh, relationship and I relationship that, building Draymond. and understanding how to form, formulate that. So I love that. Gonna, go ahead. Uh, uh, the reason I say I love that is because I was halfway through a master's in chemistry when I realized I didn't want to be a chemist. <laughs> Well, I applaud you for, for recognizing, you know, last week we talked about self-awareness and self-discovery. I applaud you for listening and, and, and first being aware of it and then following your bliss, right? Because I was that person. I really was aware that when I, that, though, that study of interpersonal relationships lit me up. I was excited mm -hmm. about that. And I was good at math and science, but it didn't light me up the same way. And I knew, I said, I had a professor who told me, he said, you know what, you should probably follow this other course of study. And I thought, well, I'm so far in with the pharmacy degree. <laughs> I think I will not do that. <laughs> so I applaud you because that's, that's a courageous move. That is courageous to decide midway to say, you know what, my, my heart and soul is leading me somewhere else. So I, I applaud you for that. So how does learning from um, one of the premier business universities translate to helping us, those of us, um, with our personal relationships? And, and before we jump into that, I just want to say one other thing. I know that in business, being involved in that, a lot of times the, the disconnect, and I will talk from healthcare because that's my, that's my specialty. A lot of times the disconnect is that little piece Right? You can have all of the scientific and knowledge that you want, but that little piece of being able to connect on this humanity or you know that level there, 
that tiny little piece is the is the bridge to to so much success. And I know that maybe people who are studying maybe traditional business outside of healthcare, do you find that that's more acceptable there that people really understand like I am going to have to know how to build relationships? Is that something that your audience kind of gets from the start? I, I think that's true, and I think that we're recognizing that because the world is changing and organizations are changing. And Carol loves to use a phrase, uh, we do business with people with people. That's more important or as certainly as important as you have to know finance, you have to know strategy, but it's dealing with people. And we are highly interdependent. We need cooperation. We need collegiality. And we can't order that. It only comes through building strong relationships. And I hope Carol will talk about it, but she's doing some very exciting stuff with executives in Silicon Valley who have that technical background that you talked about, but who realize it's relationships. Yeah, it's all, you know, at, at church, I'll just interject before they have this saying, it's all about relationship or it ain't about nothing. And I have found that to be so true. You be, People will, and maybe it was Mother Teresa, someone famous, I heard say that people may forget what you said, but they'll never forget how you made them feel. Yeah, it's actually, uh, it might have been Mother Teresa, but I also think that uh, it was a quote by uh, Maya Angelou. Yeah, I think you're right. You're absolutely right. As I said, Mother Teresa, I said, oh, Maya Angelou said that. So you're absolutely right. Yeah. Yeah, never forget <laughs> how, you made, how, how you made them feel. So, I, again, I think that once we understand how to have relationships, you know, uh, with other people and across differences is amazing, um, connecting, connecting across differences, once we understand that, Everything else, all of our expertise can really be put to great use. So, uh, and Carol, did you want to mention, did yeah. you want to hop into that subject that David probably brought up about the fabulous work that you, you do? You know, I'd like to just add a couple of things. The first is what you just said. The Maya Angelou quote is so uh, germane to our work, which is people will not forget how you made them feel. So this course that we taught for all these decades, it's the most famous course at the Stanford Graduate School of Business, most oversubscribed. It, the students informally called it touchy-feely. And that's because of the emphasis on feeling. Um, because if we're really going to connect, um, then, and by the way, if we're going to connect across differences, the more we can talk about our feelings, the more we're going to have in common. We both know what it feels like to be sad, even if a different thing makes me sad. We both know what, it feel, how, what anger feels like. And so there's this way in which we can connect more deeply, more genuinely. And, and to, just to say a couple of words about what David just said about what I left Stanford in 2018 and I started up a, a nonprofit called Leaders in Tech. And what, what we're basically doing is bringing what I used to teach at Stanford, especially around touchy-feely, to CEO founders in nonprofits uh, in Silicon Valley. I'm sorry, to CEO founders. We're a nonprofit. They are very much for-profit <laughs> um, yeah. in Silicon Valley. And what they're discovering is that their ability to create these competencies and skills and learn how to connect is what is, is really differentiating them from the rest of the competition. Yeah. 
It is that, right? Because we can, and you know, that was something too. I remember being in, in, as a pharmacy student, you know, studying about in the interpersonal con, uh, communication classes about bedside manner and, and two, you know, clinicians show up at the bedside and one's a genius, but you can't mm-hmm. really relate to him or her because they're missing that. And then you get this person who is also got the same title, but maybe they're not the, at the top of their game, but the, you can connect more with them and, and they can be, they can perform tremendously because now they have a, maybe like a window into you that maybe a clinician, a clinician who didn't connect the same way, can't touch that and they can't get you to express yourself fully, you know, and yes. it's amazing what, what communication heard, can you, do. Are you familiar with the research that says that the doctors who create stronger relationships with their with their patients are significantly less likely to ever be sued. And yes. uh, there's uh, the related research which shows the patient is more likely to get uh, well at a, at a quicker pace when they have that relationship. So even the physical health improves with relationships. And knowing and, and all of this, know knowing all of this, because we know this, and, and I think intuitively, you're, you're less likely to be knows sick. this as well, right? Because and, they understand. Uh, and you live longer. So it's, yeah. it's central to our physical and mental health. We're less likely to be depressed, feeling alone when we have these relationships. Yeah. So here we are, and we're studying about connecting across differences. And we're, we have the fabulous, um, world-renowned, I'm going to say, because it's the most popular course in the history of the Stanford Business Program, Dr. Carol Robin and Dr. David Bradford. And we're talking about connecting across differences. and. I got to ask, what kind of differences are we talking about and why are they important in building stronger relationships? Well, I think we're talking about every sort of uh, differences. Uh, We often come at problems differently. We often solve them differently. That's part of the richness. We know that when people can bring up differences and deal with it effectively, effectively, the quality of the solution goes up. Now, I think we're faced today with some very basic, strong differences which are rendering us apart, and I think that's something we also need to deal with. So when you're talking about those strong differences that are rendering us apart, can you give us some examples of what those might be? Well, I think our whole political discussion, we've stopped listening to each other, we've demonized each other, we've written each other off, we disagree politically. We're disagreed on should we get vaccinated. We're disagreed on climate change, on abortions, on a whole bunch of stuff. And, and we act as if only we have the answer and there's nothing to value in the other person. And not only that, that the other person has no value. And I, I think that's very distressing. And we need to find ways n- not to convince the other person but to be able to connect with the other person and to honor that we are different. And that's part of the richness of of human interaction. And I I would add that, boy, last year certainly created a national consciousness around a very different lived experience by people of different color, Uh, which, by the way, people people who are not white uh, had known that for hundreds of years. And uh, suddenly, you know, a lot of other people discovered America, literally. 
Um, and that too, I mean, as David just said, I think there's difference in the way we see the world, some of which is a function of the way we were raised uh, or a function of uh, our life experience. Some of it uh, is uh, differences in the way we like to go about living our lives. But I think where we get in the most trouble, um, by and large, is when, as David, I want to underscore David, what David just said, when we demonize each other and we, when we cannot allow for the possibility that there is something uh, that for me to learn in what you, how you see the world and how you came to see the world that way, boy, do we become narrower and, uh, and, and frankly, uh, we don't live lives of nearly as much meaning. Yeah, I gotta tell you, we're jumping right into the meat of it and I absolutely love it. And I, I like this term demonize each other because I find that so much of that happens. And when I listen and, and just observe people and even sometimes with clients that I work with, I hear this old adage that I was raised with. Um, it sort of plays in my head, even though they may not use this terminology. I kind of hear it when they dig their heels in and they don't listen. And it's sort of they're defending their the adage of stand for something or you'll fall for anything. And so they're standing for what they believe. And what happens is what I believe is that they because they're standing so firm in what they believe, they've built a wall around themselves, which they do not let any other conversation to penetrate. So instead of listening, they're constantly mm -hmm. defending or, uh, as you said, demonizing the other point of view. And I hear that a lot, too, as it relates to the vaccine. Just just today, this morning, I overheard a conversation uh, older people talking about the vaccination and, and demonizing a group of people who, for whatever reason, have decided not to participate in that and the vaccination. But and how do we get past that? Because I, I'll tell you, I think both groups are, are guilty. And when we talk about race relations, too, you know, we get to the point where the people who have been victimized are so hurt and they're so they're, they're so mm -hmm. traumatized and every spot that you touch is tender. And then mm -hmm. they also demonize, you know, yep. and, and feel it's like, you know, I don't have to listen. I don't have to listen because this is what's happened to me. And so how do we get past all of this emotion to get to the place where we can just, you know, have that woosah moment where we can really yeah, be and, present? Uh, I, I have... it's, not just, it's not just that others build a wall, but we build that wall, too. Um, and when I hear people say, I just can't understand why somebody believes this or acts this way, they, they don't stop and, and, and reflect the statement if they don't understand. And one of the troubles well, is... I, go, ahead, go ahead, Carol. Uh, I, 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 wanted, I wanted to say that when I was listening to you, um, both of you right now, the word that came up for me is the cost of losing our curiosity. So one of the most one of the most fundamental concepts in everything we've taught and in our book is the importance of curiosity. Can you stop long enough to wonder what's happening for the other person? So to, to and can you stop long enough? And you just referenced last week. I think there was something about understanding yourself that you did a show yes, last week, right? Well. Well, get, well, what about 
stopping and seeing whether there's anything for you to learn about yourself in your unwillingness to even get curious. What is that about? You know, I love it. I love uh, that. And there's also the assumption that I am right uh, and, and you have nothing to add. I think one of the troubles which gets in the way, because you asked, uh, Drevin, about uh, what we can do about this, is that we always want to try to convince other people. And uh, if we could let go of that and say, I'm not going to try to convince you, and I may be a little ambivalent about being convinced myself, but can I understand you? Can I make the assumption that you're a reasonable person? And it could be interesting to see how you came to that point of view. And as Carol said, once I do that, then I could get curious about myself. Why didn't I think about that? How do I feel about that? So curiosity works both ways, but I think in order to get into that, we have to stop convincing them that they are wrong. That just stops, that just builds a wall higher and higher. Well, and I'll, here's what I'll add. Curiosity is impossible if you, if, unless you're willing to suspend judgment, at least temporarily. I'm really not going to care how you came to think what you think or how you came up with that as a solution or why that's where you land uh, if I've already judged you. So I can always go back to judging you, but boy, there's something kind of magical about suspending judgment and saying, hey, maybe I don't know. Maybe, I, and, and I wonder what there is to be learned if for a while I just get curious. Oh my goodness, we've, we've brought up some amazing points right now that I don't want our listeners to miss. I just want to recap before we go to our, our break. But David, you said something that I hear quite frequently. I can't, I just can't understand how someone could feel that way. And I heard that several times in this conversation today about the mm -hmm. COVID vaccine. And uh, and I was a listener in that conversation, not a participant. But what came to my mind is something I used to tell my children when they were small. They say, oh, I just can't. I thought can't stands for I certainly am not trying. Right. Mm -hmm. And I said, so mm -hmm. when I hear people say that, and I said, well, you know, if you just silence yourself for just a minute, maybe you will understand. You don't have to agree, but you will understand how this individual has arrived at this point of view. It still doesn't mean that we're trying to, as you said, we're not trying to convince you of anything. We're going to come right back after this break. Robbins and I'm David Bradford. More after this break. You're listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Create and build the life of your dreams. Welcome back to Everyday Peace with Dr. Drayvon James. Welcome back to Everyday Peace. I'm Dr. Drayvon James, and we have fabulous guests with us today, Dr. Carol Robbins and Dr. David Bradford, and they are talking about connecting over differences. We are live from Montego Bay, Jamaica today, so uh, we are first, first and first. We got a guest on, two guests on for the entire show because this is a 
very important topic on how to improve relationships, how to connect uh, over differences, across differences. So we, were, we, were, we presented our problem. We understand what's going on. We're going to talk a lot today, the second half, about resolutions. How can you and I and everyone else that we come in contact with, how can we get better at this relationship building process? And when we get better at relationship building, trust me, everything else in your life improves because as I said <laughs> earlier, um, it's all about relationship or it ain't about nothing. I got that from a church from a church pastor and it's so absolutely true. So um, Carol and David, we're, we're, we'd love to hear from you on resolutions and we, we got about 18 minutes and we want to just dig deep and tell us how we can get better at this because it's so very important. Can I, can I, uh, I'd like to start by coming back to something you said right before the break, which was uh, when you say I can't. So there is a big difference between I can't and I choose not to. And um, as, my, as my husband likes to say, whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. <laughs> but one of the reasons that I think our work turns out to be of so much impact for our students and our clients is that sometimes I don't realize that I've made a choice and that's where I need another person. Uh, that's where I need to have someone else challenge me and perhaps provide feedback to me in service of the relationship and in service of my growth. So that's, one place we might go with regard to strategies. I don't know, David, if you've got other things that come to mind or you want to build on that. Before we get to that, David, if I, if I may, we do have, we're live radio, and I'm excited to say we have a caller on who has a question. And if we could just bring her, our caller on to ask her question. Sure. Sure. Hello? Hi. Um, so my question that I have is how do you develop positive relationships with people that you're working with that you previously had negative uh, or negative relationship with? How do you get out of that space? Well, I'm assuming that this is some somebody that you're um, that you need to get your job done and they need you in order to get their job done. Yes. So I think I would start with focusing on, on the importance and I would make it explicit. Hey, we need each other. And I may want to name the elephant in the room and say, we've had some difficulties in working together, but I really want to make it better because we do need each other. So you're holding out the olive branch of wanting to be better. The other thing which could be difficult to do is to lead by saying, am I doing anything that's making it difficult? And we both, Carol and I, believe that interpersonal issues have an interpersonal component. Each of us brings something to the table. Now, can you hear that and not defend yourself or explain yourself away? And then can you get into joint problem solving of saying, what can we now do so that we can work better together? So this may not be a close friend of yours. That's not the goal. But just have a good working relationship. Okay. And, and I, Thank you. Wait, wait, before you go, was that helpful? Yes, it was. It was helpful. Okay. And, and I would recommend uh, that you pick up a copy of our book or that you go to our website, which we'll talk about at the very end, uh, 
because okay. there are ways, there are skills and competencies that will move the probability of a good outcome in a conversation like that, um, that are very specific. Okay. And thank you for calling Everyday Peace and being an Everyday Peacemaker. Continue to listen. You're welcome. Because thank you. We're going to have great resolutions and opportunities for growth and development um, given to us today by uh, Carol and David. So I would like to build on what Carol said about having choices. And uh, we may not want to act on it right now, but can we at least own the empowerment that I, at some point, could have a choice of doing something. So let me talk about some of the choices we may want to take. One choice is to let people know about more about ourselves. We have such a tendency with uh, uh, Facebook and so on to spin images, but could I take the risk of letting you know more about me? I think the second thing is, which we've talked about in the first part of this program, is could I be curious about you? Can I want to get to know you? Can I encourage you to tell me what's important to you? And we're back to feelings. What your hopes are, what your concerns are, what your dreams are. And the third thing I would stress, and then I want Carol to build on this, is this show is about unity. But we believe that one of the best ways of building unity is to face the differences and to see disagreements as a possibility to build a connection, because disagreements is telling something important about us. So we don't want to avoid disagreements. We want to take them as a way to identify what's hurting us, what's getting in the way, so we can have real unity and not just paper over it. Yeah, in fact, I'll add that too many people think that connection is premised in similarity without recognizing that there's so much more depth and, and satisfying, richer, more meaningful connection when, in fact, it occurs across differences. Not to mention growth. It's really easy to connect with somebody who's just like you. And think of how boring it would be if we were all alike. It's the differences is often so intriguing, so interesting. And... Um, and, and, and can we, in a sense, not try to talk the other person out of their differences, but to understand what it means to them, why it's important to them? And then we're back to Carol's point made before about maybe that we'll learn more about ourselves. Gee, is there part of that in me? Is there part of that that I would like to have in me? So it keeps on going back and forth. The more I let you know me, the more you'll let me know you. The more I understand you, the more I'll understand me. And that's, in a sense, the richness of relationships. Yeah, I love um, the idea that you all have introduced is that it is the differences that are the spice of life, so to speak. And if we're all the same, if we all have the same opinion, if we're all doing the same thing, then some of us may not be necessary, right? So- <laughs> and it may be very important. <laughs> Right. And, you know, especially when you're talking about team dynamics, too, I'm often 
say, I'm looking for those people who think differently or who even disagree with me because it gives me an opportunity to look at things that me and my personality, that we all have our limitations and how far and deep we can see into stuff, things that I may not have seen because you know you stand up, he's like, oh, you're you're totally different. Your your point of view is totally different. And I know for a lot of people that is threatening. They feel like, well, every time you know I have a suggestion, it's shot down or it's this. But no, that's just an, you being able to see on the other side of the moon at the same time with no. And you don't have to get any smarter to do that. You got another person there who has a totally different perspective. And all we have to do is to become better listeners, more more inquisitive. I, I, love, I love that. I love what you just said because there's two points you just made. One is, um, and David likes to say there's a reason God gave us two ears and one mouth. <laughs> so there's something about becoming a better listener that is profoundly connecting. Um, there's also embedded in what we're talking about here is whether or not you like to learn. Are you a learner? And by the way, I, I used to start every class at the business school at Stanford, and I now start every executive program I do by saying good leaders are good learners. Uh, so that's, that's maybe in a business context, but I think that happens to apply in any context. Right. Um, so what we're talking about here is a willingness to learn, a willingness to grow, not just a willingness, a desire a value around that. Yeah. Well, and I like that too. Being honest with ourselves, right? And I, <laughs> I love the way you said it, Carol, because I always, you know, when I when I talk to people, I counsel people sometimes, I, I, I coach people, I say, well, do you think that you have learned all there is to know about that topic, right? Uh-huh. And <laughs> we have to say, no. Honestly, we have to say no, because the more we know, the more we know that we don't know anything, really, you know, <laughs> and so it opens us up to to being able to say, yeah, may, if, if, if we're in this state of self-awareness, right, to, mm-hmm. to say, you know what? maybe there is just one more thing that I could learn, and I love the mm-hmm. concept of not judging the the person who's presenting that to you, whether it be someone who, you know, is not as educated or not as has as much as life experience, meaning they're much younger than you, realizing that we all go cycle through the position of teacher, student, teacher, student all day long if we're yep. open to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. And we have you know, my I, I was going to say my favorite. You've got your favorite thing. The favorite thing. My favorite thing to say to students and clients is. Can you allow for the possibility that there is a different way to see that? Oh, I love that. that that's so, I think that's so professor-like. Can you allow for the possibility? <laughs> I think I'm, I'm going to have to adopt that. <laughs> <laughs> and we, we do have another caller on the line. I'm going to bring that caller on. Hello, you're on the air with our fabulous guests, Dr. Carol Robbins and Dr. David Bradford. Oh, good evening, Dr. Uh, James. Another great show. I love your guests. And I wanted to make two observations very quickly and ask a question. So uh, I've been doing, because what you're talking about relates a lot to DEI work, and I've been doing DEI work for a long period of time. In fact, when I first started doing it, it was called multiculturalism. 
So I've been doing it for yep. a while, but two observations that, that I've made. One is that um, I think one of the reasons why people have a difficult time um, accepting or listening to another person's perspective is because we live in a culture, that American culture, that is ego and self-protective driven. So when somebody mm-hmm. challenges you, instead of stepping back and listening, you got to protect yourself because you got to win that fight. you got to win that argument, because especially in um, a work environment where there's a lot of competition that I think is fostered by those who in, um, in ultimate leadership, for whatever reason, I think it's sort of psychotic the way that is created, but it is. So I see that. The second, the second thing I think is that when you all talked about being curious about yourself, I found doing this work that it's easy to do what I call box checking with DEI work. So you say we're doing this and we're doing that, and you throw up yeah. some numbers. And so you, you do the diversity piece. But the other pieces requires you, as you said, to be very curious about yourself. And that means understanding your flaws and understanding your weaknesses and understanding that maybe I need to do some work. So I think that one of the reasons why it's difficult is because of that. People don't want to do the work. So my question um, to you all is, so when you have, when you have people that just refuse to listen, what is the best way for the person who is, who is expressing him or herself I guess to deal with that, because in a work environment, it can be very frustrating. In in an interpersonal relationship, a marriage, um, family, it can be very frustrating. And so you can't change the person who you're trying to get to at least see your perspective, not necessarily agree. So what would you say is the best way, particularly for younger people, um, to deal with that? Because the the natural inclination is to fight back, to prove your point, and nothing ever gets solved. So somebody has to be the bigger person in that. And so what would you suggest to people when you realize that the person is just not going to listen to what you have to say? Well, I've got a couple of thoughts. I don't know, David, if you want to start. You want well, me to go start. ahead. I'll build on yours. So for starters, when somebody refuses, as you just described, refuses to listen, I try to get even more curious. Yes. Wow. <laughs> wow. I wonder okay. what's happening for that person that's making it mm. so hard for them to even get into the conversation. The second okay. thing that I'd say is that you just you just name something that's really important. When you are asking someone to step into discomfort, it's a good thing to understand that that's what you're asking. Mm-hmm. Maybe by listening to you, I, I'm asking you to be willing to be uncomfortable. And if mm-hmm. that's what I'm doing, then A, I should recognize it, and B, I should make sure that I help you understand why it might be in both our interests for you to be willing to, be, to go there. And then furthermore... I need to be willing to get uncomfortable, too, because it isn't mm-hmm. fair for only me to be the one that asks you to get that uncomfortable. Uh-huh. So th- that's okay. the beginning of my answer. I'm sure David will build on it. <laughs> yes, okay. uh, 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 absolutely correct. I think tied in with the second point that Carol made, and if we're talking about race relations, is mm-hmm. the elephant in the room is that, particularly whites, are really scared of being called racist. 
Because that's that's right. what they're afraid of. It. That's what shuts it down. And okay. I, I think the, the way I go with that is to acknowledge that we're all racist. And so mm-hmm. I just did a program with black managers at an international organization. And, and I started with that. I said, look, we're, we're all racist. We live in a racist society. We can't help but be. Now, could we all mm-hmm. relax? And what we want to work on is our behavior. I may okay. be unhappy that I have those uh, beliefs. I'm striving to identify them and move beyond it. But if I could start, and I would start, and this is what Carol's saying about making yourself vulnerable, by saying, you know, I don't like that part of myself, but I'm a human being and I live in the society. How can we talk about how we could deal with it, how in our behaviors? And I find that that uh, starts to relax people, because if we walk around saying, I've got to be perfect, that ties everybody up. And, and we are perfect. We are people in the process of becoming a little better. Right, right. I, I, and I'll say one more thing to what David just said. Boy, acknowledging my own fear, that both feels vulnerable and can be very connecting. Because aren't we all afraid of these conversations? If mm. I start by saying, oof, this is, a, this is scary territory for me, and I believe it's important enough that I'm willing to go there with you, I think mm-hmm. that's likely to make you more open to having the conversation. I would agree there. Thank you all so much. Great, great answers. Thank you. And thank you for calling in, and thank you for being an everyday peacemaker. Uh, we absolutely yeah. appreciate your participation today. I want to say that something that you just said, David, just really, it was very simple, but very profound to me. People in the process of becoming a little better. That, to me, unifies all of us, and it takes the pressure mm. off of all of us. Because it was in the process mm-hmm. of becoming not perfect, not great, just a little better. We all can commit to that. That today, I'd like to become a little better. Right. We can see how I, I could do that. So I love I love that. And it's people. It's all of us. Me acknowledging that, yes, I have to do it. And not, and it sort of removes that sense of shame to saying, well, you know, what, well, everyone else is a lot better than I am. And why am I not so far so far along at this relationship thing? Why am I stuck here? But you say, no, all of us are stuck somewhere. And we're all going to get a little bit better today if we want to, if we decide to. So thank you for that. Mm-hmm. Another thing that I'll just make part of my own. <laughs> <laughs> you go right ahead. Yes, you take it, take it away. <laughs> yes, so and, and I think that's uh, and 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 the struggle that I have in being a little better is similar to the struggle you're having in being a little better. So we can understand each other and empathize. And I think that the ability to start to understand the other person's world. It's another thing which builds connection. Yeah. 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 And, and we'll come back and we can come back to feelings and talk about the fact that one of the things related to that is one of the things that builds connections is the ability to meet somebody else emotionally. I may not be feeling the same thing you're feeling in the moment, but I can meet you in that feeling because I've experienced it before. Yeah. Right. We like you started off, Carol, by saying we all know what it's like to be sad. 
We all know what it's exactly. like to be scared. We all know what it's like to be disappointed or afraid. I mean, maybe not or in this marginalized. Moment. Yes. Yeah. Right. And that that is that humanizes our whole experience. If we can say, you know, maybe not on this particular topic, but my goodness, I do know what it's yes. like to, to feel unheard or yep. unaccepted. Yes. Or I know what that's yes. like. And so on that point, we can connect. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yep, that's it. You got it. This is really and notice that all the words notice that all the words we just used were feeling words. They weren't ideas, they weren't thoughts, they were feelings. Dismissed, affirmed, listened to, uh, important, devalued, valued. Uh, and and that's why you know the the course included in the syllabus a vocabulary of feelings. And the book has an appendix, which is a vocabulary of feelings. Think about what it says about who we are that we, you know, and how much we have delegitimized emotions, that we have to create a vocabulary of feelings because it's so hard for the students and our clients to even access what they're feeling. Yeah. I do find too, and you mentioned something very, very important is this feeling. And a lot of times I would hear in, in business, you know, environments that we should leave our emotions, check your emotions at the door. I don't know if you guys yes. <laughs> yes. are familiar and, and with yet that. Those, but we those do same know. managers <laughs> use feelings all the time. They say, uh, I'm worried that our client is going to be dissatisfied. I'm excited about this new project. I'm uh, concerned that we. Uh, won't be uh, meet our deadlines. I'm upset that you didn't get the report in time. They use feelings all the time. And yet they're the ones who say, leave feelings out. But the question is, would you want to work for a robot who's a Mr. Spock, who has no emotions? Uh, that's not anybody I'd want to follow. You're absolutely right. Those feelings are there for a reason. And I think it is that that brings out our compassion and our our, our ability to connect the, the humanity part of ourselves to connect with somebody else. We need those feelings. And in fact, I tell people in healthcare, you know, uh, when I precept, those feelings are going to guide you a lot. You know, just being able to connect with the patient, you know, lets you know, okay, this is a point, a sore point. Push now, or you know, don't push past this point because when the patient is, is shutting down, or even the employee is shutting down. So just being in connection, yeah. in, in connection with our own feelings, I think, helps us to sort of by default, connect with somebody else's Absolutely. feelings and we know ourselves. And you know, something, something David said a little earlier, too, is worth coming back to, which is feelings give meaning to facts. If I tell you uh, I went uh, ziplining with my family and I was, and, and that's all I tell you, well, you've learned a little something. If I tell you I went ziplining with them and it was exhilarating, you've learned something else. If I tell you I went ziplining and I felt, terrified and coerced because I didn't want to feel left behind, you've learned something completely different. And likewise, feelings uh, give you a window into the intensity of my experience. I'm a little annoyed. I'm aggravated. I'm irritated. I'm frustrated. I'm angry. I'm furious. Those mean different things. Yeah. And and, uh, so, so building on that, 
I said before that one of the ways to connect is to uh, share more and to listen more. And when we think of sharing, we often think of sharing facts. But what the most powerful thing is sharing feeling. And how rare in our discussions do we share the feelings that Carol just talked about? Or do we listen for feelings? Because the other person may sort of hint at a feeling. So, for example, I've, I've got a cousin who's lives in England and has become very much like the English uh, who aren't wild about feelings. And I'll say to Sarah, how are you? And she'll say, I'm okay. Well, hell, she's not okay. And can I really listen and say, come on, Sarah, what's going on? So can we listen for other people's feelings and help them express it more fully? And then they know we want to know them, the real them, the feeling them. And that's how we connect. Yeah. You all have just brought us to, and we're just almost out of time, and I don't want to miss this very important point of how our audience can connect with you. We're talking about your book, Connect, but how can our audience find out more about the fabulous work that you're doing? Uh, well, for starters, we have a website, www.connectandrelate.com. Now, at that website, you've got everything you'll want to know about the book, which has a different title than the website. The book is Connect, colon, Building Exceptional Relationships with Family, Friends, and Colleagues. But if you want to contact us, you can do it through our website, we want to learn more not only about the book, but also some free downloadable PDFs that are some self-assessments, a suggested way of put, pulling together some people and uh, going through your own, creating your own learning group using the book. That's all on the website. Again, www.connectandrelate.com. Thank you so much for that. We have been we've been listening to and enjoying the teachings of Dr. Carol Robbins and Dr. David Bradford. Thank you for listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Life is hard, and sometimes you need a little help and guidance. I'm Laura West, host of a Guided Life podcast, and I believe that help is all around us. We just have to ask for it. The universe has a way of guiding us forward with the help of our past loved ones, angels, spirit guides, and ascended masters. On the podcast, I love to explore these ideas with incredible guests and let people know that they are never alone. Make sure you subscribe and follow so you can join me on this journey part of the mindbodyspirit.fm network and wherever you get your podcasts.